Hey, what is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Searchcast, Season Three, Episode Two, presented by Primal X Hockey and part on a Five of the Game Sports Network. I'm Zach Martin. I'm Bailey Curtis. I'm Cat Hunter. And today, uh, whenever the YouTube version does get out, you see we have a guest in our bottom right hand corner of the screen. But for all of our audio listeners, we have an impromptu guest today. Uh, probably her first time back on the show since, what, season two for Ladies Night? So we're really excited to have her back. You know, she's everyone's favorite Flyers, Redding, Lehigh Valley fan, but also likes the Hurricanes a little bit. So, But we're always excited to have her on. We got Sam Wismer of Flyers Nitty Gritty. Sam, and, I missed you. And Field Pass Hockey. So we have our, one of our colleagues joining us. Sam, how are you doing on this Sunday? You know, just chugging along. Uh, not really a fan that I have to be, uh, not really big uh, that I have to be a fan of the Detroit Red Wings for two years, but you know, it's fine. See, I wasn't going to bring that up just yet because I know it's like, you know, it's. It still hurts. I, I mean, I know Andrew Rinaldi is just loving that right now because the fact that you yeah, know, he's, he's threatening me, he's threatening <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, but gosh. yeah, so uh, not this episode won't be as jam packed as our almost two and a half hour season one premiere. Which thank you to everyone who's already listened to that episode. It's probably our it's already our second best episode of all time after like six days. So absolutely bonkers that all you fans want to listen to us talk for two and a half hours <laughs> about the hurricane. So that's big, great. Big, big everyone. Yeah. Cause everything, everything happened all at once and now we haven't done shit. <laughs> well, I mean, we have done some things, but we do have, you know, we do have a couple things to talk about. Um, but it will be, <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. Cause like there was supposed to be a trade, it's not official yet. We don't know what's going on with that. We'll talk about that in a little while. But we do have some contracts. You know, there was a contract that was signed. Uh, got some quotes from some new guys that the Hurricanes just interacted with. And we got a development camp roster that just came out recently, too. So we have a lot of good stuff to talk about. And, of course, we got everyone who sent us some uh, Ask the Search questions. So thank you to everyone who sent those in. But uh, I figured we start with some quotes from the new guys. You know, Michael Bunting and uh, Dmitry Orlov actually met up with the media and talked to them um, over the past weekend. So the first one is from uh, Bunting talking about speaking for the first time since joining Carolina. And he actually got to talk to Rod Brennamore last Saturday. Um, Bunting was quoted saying, it went a long way just to hear what he thought about me as a player and where I fit in. It made my decision even easier which, I mean, we've talked about this for so long. It's like, it's the culture that Rod has set for the team. Absolutely. And people wanted to come here. It's, like I said. Why doesn't he win more awards? It makes no sense. <laughs> Sorry. He's only the best NHL coach and gets almost no recognition for like it lately. You, so You see, guys, you see so many times where coaches are let go and then all about like they're resign they're rehiring some coach everyone's like why do we have it back oh no all this like never the question with rod everyone's like i want to play for the guy and he mm-hmm. takes apparently a team without any superstars and makes them the second best i just the lack of recognition sometimes is mind-boggling it grinds anyway con- continue zach <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean it just it just makes sense and then like um 
and and this is from Ryan Henkel from uh, Hockey News. You know, another quote that he got from from Bunting. Uh, Michael went on saying, "Raleigh's a hockey town. I always found it was really hard to play in that rink as a visiting team. It was just so loud. The Hurricanes build momentum just from their fans. So I'm really excited. I'm being on the opposite side of that, which." Yeah, it gets pretty loud at uh at PNC, especially if you're on on the wrong side of things. So that's, we're that's not this house in the NHL for nothing. That's why it doesn't mean anything when other teams like other fans like the chirp and say like it's so quiet, no one's there and all this stuff. And it's like one, you've probably never been to a game at PNC. And two, we have actual players come there and say how loud it is. Like Yeah. We have verification. Like it's it's like it's an old I, joke and it's not even correct anymore. <laughs> I'll watch games on TV and I can hear it through the TV and I'm like, oh, thank God I'm not there. <laughs> I was going to say, don't they usually kind of mute it down just a bit? Like they have to kind of turn camera volume Barely, down a little like, bit because it's, it's down, but like you can still hear how loud it is. Mm-hmm. Not not with not with the ESPN. They've been um, they've been struggling with their uh, sound system for games. <laughs> <laughs> It's either they're it's either they cut out while they're talking or you just get game sounds or game sounds are super loud so yeah you'll you'll have fun it. yeah <laughs> it's, it's a great time it's a great time but um yeah it, it's good it's good to see that you know guys like you know see how how raleigh is as a hockey town the team in general it's just, it's a good thing to see like i said we got Brent Burns to wave his no trade clause to come. I here. was gonna say that we we did the same song and dance last offseason, kind of talking about how Brent Burns went through that trouble of waving his no move clause just yeah. to come over here. Yeah, and when the fact that the fact that the Hurricanes within like what a couple hours of like free agency opening get Demetri Orlov on a seven seven contract for two seasons like that, you get Michael was Bunting it, for. Was it a no move clause or was it we were on his teams of? We weren't one of his teams that he'd be willing to go to. For I Burns, think it was, it, you guys weren't on his list. He had to. Yeah, wait. we weren't. Yeah, we were. It wasn't that he had a no move clause. It was that we were on his list of a or partial. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, it was. It was a part. It was a, either modified. way. Yeah, it was a. Yeah, it was a modified. Whatever. It was like ten or twelve or however that. There's some random ones where it's a like year ten, year twelve. I've seen guys at like fifteen. Who is it for the Islanders that have someone from the Islanders had one for like two weeks where it was from like a full team to like a modified like 15 cause some weird thing. So it's I just love it when people we hear those stories of those teams making the trade and then it was like, oh, they didn't see this guy's no trade list of like 15 teams. And this is one of them. And it was like, oh, you not do that research. Hey, hey, you know what? Not everyone giving the same situations of getting dad enough. OK, you can't really that guy too much. Um, but talking about Orlov, the fact that he's going to be the 17th player in franchise history to wear seven and eighth since the move to Raleigh. Mm-hmm. The last the last guy to wear seven, Brendan Smith, 2021-22. But I mean, Sam. That's some <laughs> different shoes to wear. For yeah, for right. sure. Not, not big shoes, but different. Yeah. Sam, like, what are your thoughts of Demetri Orlov? You know, he was in Washington, goes the goes to Boston. You know, didn't have to deal with him so much in the Metro because he's down in the Atlantic. Now he's back in the Metro with Carolina. How do you feel about this guy coming back to the Metro and being on probably one of like the top three, top one defenses in the league? 
Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to congratulate you guys on the run that you, you had. It was a, uh, I'm sorry you got taken out by Florida. That was not, oh. that was not fun. I, I wasn't expecting that. I watched you. Rosky comes out of nowhere from the freaking clouds. Like, sure. Why not? Well, the, the, and not, not to go too much off topic, but that, yeah. that first game of round three was around. Yeah. Round three. Oh um, gosh. That was so yeah. Pretty, was... pretty sure that backup goalie was having some PTSD like guys. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was like this <laughs> rocking back and forth. Like, please God. No, no. <laughs> I, I wasn't having a good time watching that game. And I'm like, ah, no, that was stressful. The... That was stressful. I, I just, I just met someone like, the guy that came in and installed my Wi-Fi actually was saying he was a Kings fan, and he was like, "Yeah, I remember that overtime game." And I was like, "Why is that the first thing we have to bring up?" And I was like, "It's a good one." And I was like, "What?" Yeah. And he goes, "Well, he goes, well, we lost." And I was like, "Yeah, that would have made it a great one if we had won." But he was like, "Yes, I remember that one." But I was like, oh, but, I went, "That game's but, gonna be infamous for a while." But having, yeah. having Orlov back in this division. Um, mm. I think he's going to be a real problem with the team that you guys have. He's, I feel like he's just like kind of an instigator on the ice, like not like real known instigator, like, you know, he, he, bring, he brings size and grit. Yeah. <laughs> not like, not like my, my band of misfits, but like, he, <laughs> <laughs> he just brings that, that grit and he's an instigator. Like I'm a fan of the instigators. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just, just the fact that like, He's got the size. He'll throw hits. Like, I think I was listening to Kane's cast the other day from Friday, and he had, like, 173 hits this last season. Like, like this dude this dude can throw the body. And the, for the fact that I think he's, like, 14th in even strength points for all defensemen since, like, 15-16 is absolutely insane. Oh, and he was 11th in takeaways for the last eight years. Slavin's first. I think – Burns was third and Pesci was like fifth. Mm-hmm. And we have Dimitri Orlov who's like eleventh. Oh yeah. It's just he's he's a really good player and like he does he's overall like he's a great pick. I was just surprised because I wasn't thinking that was where we were looking to beef up our team. I know. Well Don Dol did say that they were looking to add some size. No, and I I think yeah, that's getting, fantastic. Getting, and I think yeah. that added physicality is really gonna help us out. Um, especially being that pest on the ice, just for that contract was a little surprising to me. I mean, it, I mean he was probably the most highly touted like free agent to cool. four teams to go out. No, and but, no, he's great. Kids. It's just I'm just surprised that's what the need that we we're looking for. And I understand us saying we wanted size. I still would have thought we our size would we'd want it up top because I feel like we've tried the size in the back before. So we had, what was it? We had Hawk and Paw. We had, um, oh, um, yeah, I, I forgot about Hawk and Paw. That, <laughs> we talked about him on the free agency show yesterday. I almost Ooh. forgot he existed. Oh, what, we had what, someone what, else. What, an era that was. what an era that was of hockey. We had back end. we had Ian Cole. Like we've tried the big guys back there, and every time we try to get a big guy back there, they just don't play that role that we want. And what? and <laughs> we've what also tried to have I know, but we've also tried to have guys of size up top, and normally they get slotted in our third-ish four lines. Um, I mean, we had Double Mac was big. He used his body. He was a big guy. Um, oh, that 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 
him going pull to your, pull your RV was a big guy, but now we realize why he wasn't skate. Like we all were like, he's not, he's, he's lacking initiative. He's not going right. Now we know why the guy was in pain the whole time. Double, double hip surgery. Yeah. That's, that's oh gosh. Yeah. I felt honestly, I feel bad for all the time of saying like, he's slow. He isn't. I'm like, he was literally, he was in pain. I can't, I feel bad. Yeah. For saying yeah. Stuff now. Um, well, but we've tried, I don't know. Defense is never, I, I just don't understand. Like Shea and Pesci could always do. They were big enough and size wise that they kind of got guys off it. This isn't against anything about Orlov. I think Orlov is a great pick. I'm glad we got him. I just wasn't expecting that to be where we needed our size. No. I thought we'd want it up in our forwards where they could be like how Double Mac was when like there was a scrum or something they could go get at it, protect the little guys. Like oh well, uh, yeah, I mean if you want to talk if you want to talk about guys who add some grit to the front, how about my, like I said Michael Bunting. Perfect guy to have that. I mean, 23 goals in each of the last two seasons. Drew the second most amount of penalties out of pretty much everyone. Gets the greasy goals up front and, you know, is an inst- as Sam said, instigator. This dude likes to, you know, to make people upset. He's going to be wearing 58 this season, uh, joining Chris Terry, Nicholas Waugh, or Roy, depending on how people want to announce it. Oh, look at that. Yanni Hockenpah. <laughs> Wow. Is he, but is he an instigator and like he follows through with the fights or does he just instigate? I just always oh, saw him no, as like no, an instigator. No, Bunting fights. He, he's okay. throwing hands. Yeah, he throws hands. He, he's not afraid to get into it with people. Mm-mm. So he's, he's, he's good at drawing penalties and, you know, unfortunately getting into fights when necessary. But when you go with Rod and those guys, you know, they're going to, they're going to temper that down. So it's just. He needs it. Things. He needs. Yeah, to. yeah, he needs it. But good, honestly, though, a good contract. Three years. I think it was like four and a half. Can't go mm-hmm. wrong with that. And they're already talked about slotting him on the top line with Aho and Jarvis. Yep. Not bad. You'll, hey, we honestly, daily faceoff hasn't caught up with that. Just so you know, but no. Well, they're too worried about having to fight with John Gibson's uh, uh, representation about him being an Anaheim Duck. So daily faceoff also because it calls the AHL a demotion. So. <laughs> I, oh, I, I really don't want to get into that topic right now. <laughs> uh-huh. um, Sam, you... Sam, knows, Sam knows my thoughts on that. <laughs> how would you how would you com- how would you compare Bunting's play style, Zach, to that of when we had Vincent Trocheck? I would say it's all it's almost it's almost the same in, in a way, but I think. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between the two, honestly, because because he will have like he'll get in front of the net, he'll get the greasy goals, he'll get guys to like you know hit him enough where they'll draw penalties and stuff like that, and he and he gets under people's skins and he will actually like follow through with hits and fights. It's all it's almost the same comparison. It's just we're not paying him what was it seven million for seven seasons, so it's like. I think he's young. he's actually younger too. So like we got a younger version of Vincent Trocheck with 23 goals, gets under people's skins, does all the right thing necessary to draw penalties and everything else. Now, I mean, not like I said, he doesn't need to watch his you know temper a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's two years but, younger, not not too much, but yeah, no, no I, much, just but, the way yeah. the way you were describing him gave me Trocheck vibes. So for anyone yeah, that's essentially wasn't super yeah. familiar yeah. with Bunting, I would say he's Trocheck is a good comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good comparison. Like I said, just a little bit younger, like you said, a couple of years, but like 
23 goals the last two seasons, drew the second most amount of penalties, all that stuff. A, a great first line guy to have with Aho and Jarvis. So I think it'll work out with him. It's and that's it's fair. I like to hear you talk about him because I again I don't know a lot about him because I didn't watch a lot of Leafs games. Um, anything that came up about him was things like he had done really like stupid plays. So stupid as in reckless, not like, no, I, I know. Yeah, I know what you, I know what you meant. Yeah. It's just, so, so it's nice to hear. And I, I don't know what other people's, how much they know about bunting, but you, I like that you're telling us a little bit about him. Cause if you can compare him to Trocek, I, I look yeah. forward to seeing that because I do miss Trocek's presence. Like you get so, it a little bit with a little bit with Svech every now and then we lost Svech. Um, you have some of the instigators and the guys that'll get up there. Nason does it a lot, um, which yeah. nobody stop, stop with the Stefan Nason erasure. Don't say we're finally going to have net front presence. That man did his job whenever he could. He was up there. He was always getting bullied and thrown around and not every time the whistle he got hit, that man put it on the line. So don't say just now bunting is bringing that back. Nason did the work. Now Bunting can come and step in and help. All right. The one thing I will say, too, is Bunting reminds me of a a Vincent Trocek, but less less disciplined um, and more of a playmaker in certain areas rather than others, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, let me yeah, let me go check because I know everyone talks about his goals, but I want to see where he was. um, so I have I have player cards up, and I don't know if they're I'm using RotoWire for this, so I don't know how accurate they are. Um, 23 goals to Vincent Trocheck's 22, 42 assists for Trocheck versus Bunting's 26. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus minus Michael Bunting had a 21 versus Trocheck's three um, penalty minutes, 103 versus Trocheck's 58. He, he, does, he, he does come in a lot more. He does commit a lot more penalties. Uh, well, last season. Trocek has him beat. Trocek has him beat and, in uh, hits and blocks by a mile. Just go ahead and double those because he's joining the Canes and the refs hate us. Give him two hundred penalty minutes. Here, here's, the, here's the thing, though. One hundred and seventy-five shots on goal two seasons ago. One hundred and seventy-four last year. This dude will. He will shoot. He'll shoot the lights out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because um, shots on goal are what the Canes struggle with. I, yep, you're right, Zach. 100%. That's we really need to do not, better in not that what area. I meant. Not what I even what I meant. <laughs> I will say this. So two seasons ago, though, he did have 40 assists for 63 points. So he he does have some touch on creating plays as well. So it's... No, it's. I'm excited to see. I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. I The discipline thing always makes me nervous especially if we're bringing in him who needs a little bit more discipline and the, the hurricane Tony, who needs a little bit more discipline. The hurricanes are notorious for taking a whole lot of penalties because it's the hurricanes and they exist. Yep. Well, so it's, it's, and like some of them, it's not even like, it's not even our lack of discipline. That's the thing. Like sometimes they're like, man, they really need to be more disciplined. And I'm like, really? Because it feels like the other team isn't, no one's watching if they're disciplined. So yeah. to bring in guys that already are prone to not be disciplined I mean, we're still trying to get Svetch under control. The man can keep his stick on the ice, but hmm, one Sam, thing at a time. Yeah, Sam, what are your thoughts on, on the outsider perspective, looking at Michael Bunting joining the Hurricanes and knowing what he has, what he is capable of? 
Well, I tried saying stuff a couple minutes ago, but it's fine. I, I know. That's, that's why. I was yeah, like, oh, Bailey cut her off. So did you, Kat. Don't even try. Don't even try, Kat. No, I acknowledged her. I acknowledged it. It's fine. I'm just searching through a bag of chips, and Kat was looking at me while I was doing it. Bunting, I feel like you guys have been missing kind of that that grit since Trochuk was traded to um, the team that shall not be named. Um I think he'll bring that back. And yeah, I mean, you guys really should have that, that, that presence. I'm not saying that Nathan didn't do anything because he did. Um, we, need, we need more of it outside of one guy, which we, yeah. for the, for the playoffs, you need, you need that guy to be in front of the net. And you, you need a guy who's going to be that pest presence. You don't necessarily. Who's not Max Domi. <laughs> yeah. You don't necessarily need someone that's going to, fight everybody that comes in contact with them but you need that great you need somebody that's gonna stand up for your team when need be and i feel that's something that the canes have kind of missed yeah they they definitely have and that's been that's been a concern and that's been brought up the last couple seasons the fact that they don't have that grit that guy who will make teams second guess about going after somebody but he's not gonna fight every single person but he will let you know that he's on the ice so there, there is a little bit of an aspect that I, th- that I think the Hurricanes have missed, and adding him for a pretty good deal will work for the next three seasons. So, so far, so good in terms of at least that it's worked out. Now, I'm curious to see how other contracts fall because the Hurricanes are not necessarily over over the cap yet, or they are pretty close, but. They should, currently should. sit with uh, 3.32 mil in cap space. Hey, that's better. That's better than some teams. Some teams are way. <laughs> oh, Toronto, oh, we're looking at you. <laughs> eight, eight. Well, because because in the off season, well, in the off season, you are allowed to be. I think it was ten percent. So it's yep. like eight and a half is the is the overspend you can have in the off season. But by opening night, you've got to be under cap. Or I mean, yeah, you have to have it figured out by the time the season starts. Yeah. So, but right now in the offseason, you are allowed you are allowed an eight and a half mil above cap, and yep. then figure it out later. So, luckily the Hurricanes don't have to worry about that. It's just trying to go after certain contracts and certain players. I'm like, mm, I mean, there's gonna be, there's gonna be some shedding that needs to happen somewhere. The Flyers are like a little bit better than the Canes. We're at five point four. Right. Well, well, well luckily, luck, luckily, you can some huge contracts that were a burn to you guys the last couple of seasons. It's definitely a big help. I mean, Danny Briere, though, talk about it. Talk about the guy who the Flyers really needed right now to figure out the cap situation and actually get you a rebuild that's going to make sense. Not whatever. Props to y'all. I, yeah, I your, former, your former GM was like, what's a rebuild? We're in a rebuild. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> That's not a rebuild. a rebuild. I have to say, um, you know, I mean, I've ran ran into to Breer a million times, obviously. The man is involved in every aspect of the organization, from the AHL to the ECHL. He literally will go to games in the ECHL, and you don't see that often. Um no. And I have to say, because I don't want to say it on Twitter, but this man has balls of steel. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, I mean, you know, I mean, that whole that whole Kevin Hayes deal that went through um, that we were supposed to get like another player from the Blues and it was supposed to be Tory Krug and Tory Krug was like, no, I'm not going. Um, 
Oh yeah, yeah. Krug's like, nah, not a chance. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I get it. Like he exercised his right. There's no trade clause, and who at his age do you really want to be part of a rebuild? No, well, not especially with how the Blues are doing too. It's like you're kind of like, I mean, he's they're already, not. He's already in a sticky situation. He doesn't want to move his family, which I completely understand. Like I didn't blame the guy. Um, yeah, but... a lot of a lot of Flyers fans are really upset at this dude. It's like he just he exercises claws. That's what they're there for. It's like, yeah, uh, walk, I'm already... welcome to the business side of hockey. <laughs> I'm already gonna have a heck of a season in the a so i don't even want to hear about the issues going on up at the nhl <laughs> yeah yeah have fun covering lehigh valley and wilkes-barre i was gonna say <laughs> you are gonna have your hands full my friend. oh let, let's not even talk about reading in the echl so <laughs> don't I mean, envy everyone, don't envy at all <laughs> everyone like questions me like how how do you deal with like all the moves that happen in the e and then everything that happens in the a i was like it's natural for me at this point like i just i know yeah going going to what season three four props to you yep yeah i spent most i spent like what, half the season in the a last year now i'm going to cover the e this year for greenville that's gonna be fun <laughs> At la kings baby <laughs> um there's a lot a lot more moves in the e oh i know yeah but so the Hurricanes did have a couple signings recently too. Um, this one was for Griffin Mendel, a one-year entry-level contract. This guy played in 72 games in the American Hockey La- Hockey League last year in his first full season. Everyone's talking about the Hurricanes need size. The Hurricanes need size. Okay, how about a six-six, two-twenty-pound defenseman? That's that's a big body. That, He's a big a- boy. That's a that's a big dude. So um, really curious, really curious to see how he does. Um, have have fun wherever the cans are going to loan you out. I guess depending on exactly how Jeez. that's going to work out. Because because everyone keeps talking. Because I because I mentioned was it last week about there's a possibility you could see Piotr back down in the A just because you know the Hurricanes have talked about possibly not wanting to run with three goalies, and they're like, well. They're not going to have incentive to play Piotr. No teams are going to have incentive to play. If they have really good players, they're going to have incentive to play them, no matter what affiliate they are. The team, the teams in the A, want to win games. They're not going to sit guys because oh, he's on this team's roster. I don't want to play him. No, mm-hmm. if he's good, they're going to play him. I mean, yep. there's been like if you look at the whole history of the A and even the E, there is there are mostly in the A. There's a lot of mixed affiliates in the past mm-hmm. where you had to share teams with two different NHL squads. Milwaukee, yep. Milwaukee, for example, had to do it. Yeah. I mean, before Coachella came along, um, I believe they were sharing the checkers. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not uncommon to see teams having to double up two different organizations prospects. They're still going to play them regardless. I mean, the ECHL, there's literally 28 teams. Not we're every, not, huh? We're, we're expanding two or four more teams. I forget. The well, so the new rules were that they went from 30 max to 32 max. So the okay. the the membership is opened up, but there's not official teams yet. It's just now yeah, they're gonna now they're gonna yeah they're not gonna try to allow to have 32 teams if they get to that point. Which 
I can see the league wanting to fit the NHL AHL model of every team has an affiliate top to bottom from double the double the triple A to double A, which makes sense. So there is that. Um, so but. is there any word on who you guys are might be affiliated with? Nothing. There is no word on that at all. Right now it's like loan outs and I mean, I know I, Don, Don Waddell said he, there, he has some ideas of what they want to do with certain with all their prospects. Most likely, it's going to be a lot of guys just getting loaned out to different squads, and then there's other guys who are who are going to be in college. But the AHL guys, loan outs, possibly. That's what I'm looking at. I feel like they, they, well, one, they need a uh, affiliate here. Um, oh no, we I agree. We need one. It's just too bad Chicago wanted to go do their own thing. The whole issue with Piotr. You you don't want to keep you don't want to keep you don't want to keep stashing him in the A, which I don't either. But it's really hard to run with three goalies in the especially NHL. when he slotted to make two mil up in the show. Yeah, that- <laughs> Ranta signed for a mil half. So I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have your third your third string goalie making less than. Your back, your essential backup, and you only have Anderson for a year, which makes me think that they really do want to stash. Oh, I thought it was a year. Anderson's no, sorry, Anderson. I'm talking about. Sorry, I meant Ranta. No. Yeah, Ra- yeah, Ranta's a year. So yeah, yeah. It- so you guys have him for a year, which makes me think that they're going to stash Piotr for another year in the A, and then bring him up. Well, I mean, Which you could well, do with the development, but I don't think that the loan situation is going to give them any advantages at all. No, I mean, well, but to be but to be fair though, to be fair, we have unfortunately the last couple of seasons have seen Ranta and or Anderson get hurt, so it's not like we haven't seen Piotr play at all in Carolina. And and you know, knock on wood, nothing happens, but I you I wouldn't be surprised. Like you're going to see Piotr. They've said they, they said they might run with three goalies, but they're really going to have to. Ro- I mean, like certain weeks where you have what a game like three or four games a week, probably three at the most. You might see a rotation somewhere where you're where you're going to be seeing all three of those guys just kind of get rotated in and out. But it's like you don't want to do too much rotation where no one can get into a groove. So, yeah, I don't know how that situation. If it wasn't for the Wolves. Going independent, we wouldn't really be having this issue of like, oh, what are we gonna do with our goalies? What are we gonna do with these guys? And they're not they're not making any moves either. So <laughs> yeah, Andrew Ronaldo's not really loving the fact that Chicago's sitting here with like what six guys on their roster, and you're like, Cool. <laughs> he mess he messaged me last week. He's like, I've been on the lake all weekend, so like I just need to ask, have the wolves done anything? <laughs> no. And like short answer, we- no. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so another signing that the Hurricanes have done. This one was a little bit of a surprise. Um, so restricted free agent Dylan Coughlin got a one-year extension with the team for $850,000. Uh, 25-year-old got three points in 17 games last season. I know a lot of people are like, why? Why would they do that and stuff like that? Because he was healthy scratch for most of the season. He's not a bad option for a seventh D-man. Like he knows the system. A, I don't know why it was a surprise to people. I think it was a surprise because they're waiting on other news. But it wasn't yeah. a surprise. We had already offered it. It was just up to him to be like, "Yeah, let's go." So well, like I, having well, him I think, as I, an extra is fine. 
I think what the surprise was was people like, well, why do they why would they want to qualify offer him when they never really even used him last year and stuff like like the thing was he wasn't bad when he was in he didn't really play terrible. It's just it's kind of tough to come in out of nowhere to produce right away when you've sat for long stretches of time. Also, who else are you going to have sitting? Like, I, got, there's always got to be a guy sitting, and it's it's practically going to be him. But who else are you going to have? I think the huge you think of the huge surprise aspect too, and you think like, yeah, you you hand this guy a qualifying offer to sit the bench for most games. Yeah, um, why didn't he go somewhere else? Because he right. could have been on, he could have been on anyone else's third pair. But he's like, my guess is probably because the fact that he know he knows the system in Carolina. He likes being around the team. He likes being in the area. Maybe he just wanted to stay. Because yeah. Carol, it's Carolina, right? I mean, I mean, it's not a bad contract, eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. It's it's not bad. I mean, mm-hmm. I I mean, it, it's it's I a mean, good, it's our, a good seventh. Our team, defense man. is in a little bit of a you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, give the guy a shot. The guy he's like, hey, I like the place. I like the coach. Made friends with the players. Can make some money. I mean, that's more money than I'm expecting to make. And let so let him make the money. If he's making the money, sit in the bench. That's fine. Also, give him opportunities to get on the ice and maybe prove. I mean, we saw guys last year prove get on the ice and prove that. Look at Chatty. Like you, you weren't expecting him to claim that spot. Like we we wanted him to, but he was never gonna. We were like, oh, let's see what he can do. And then he stepped in there and claimed it. Maybe Cogs just takes a little bit more time. We don't know. Yeah. So, I don't think it's. I don't think he's a bad one to have. Like you kind of already know what to expect. Like, what are you going to do? Let him go and then go get another player that you're like, I don't know. He can ride our bench. I don't know what he's how he's going to play with our team. I mean, you kind of know what to expect with Cogs. It's kind of yeah. nice. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. You know, a couple of quick signings. Other than no, that, it no. was a letdown because we we're waiting on other news. That yep. was mainly it. <laughs> so poor Cogs. Like that should have been announced so much sooner. <laughs> Yeah, because there's like so many other defensemen news that everyone's waiting for. It's like, oh, we have news about a defenseman. It's Dylan Coughlin. Because I think, Bailey, I think you tweeted something out. You guys wanted news. Here's some news. Yeah, yep. I would. Yep. If, I, if I was Cogs, I wouldn't have looked at the news that day because all the comments were just so disappointing. Like, poor guy. Like, they were just like, okay, announce this yeah. news. And it's like, dude, just let it go. Right. <laughs> his news, it doesn't have to be like, it's not his fault his thing got announced and theirs didn't. Yeah. So real quick before we move on, we got to talk about our amazing sponsors over at Primal X Hockey. Uh, everyone's looking for hockey equipment from laces to stick tape, skate protectors, all that good stuff. Got to check out the guys from Primo. Uh, go to PrimalXHockey.com. Use our code SEARCHCAST. You get your Sebastian Ajo discount of 20%. Uh, if you're even looking for apparel, mugs, koozies, uh, flags, hats, anything you think of, they have them there. A uh, great group over there. Uh, take a, check them out at 1411 Diggs Drive. They're right in Raleigh, 10 minutes from the arena. Uh, if you're looking to get your skates sharpened, five bucks. Why not get it taken care of? Uh, they do run Monday through Friday. They do have shorter hours on Saturday. But they've been with us since episode one, and I think we're at over 80 episodes now. So big, big sponsors have been with us for a really long time. So make sure you go check them out. Support local and all that stuff especially if they're in raleigh uh they're also on amazon if you want to check them out over there and they do free u.s shipping if you're not able to pick up at their store which they do have a little side store right next to their main warehouse if you want to check them out too so like i said just a great group make sure to go check them out like i said use coach search cast 20 percent off your order at primalxhockey.com because it helps supports us and it helps supports 
them. And we also have to real quick, I have to shout out uh, Matt from Primo because he's actually the new head coach at Appalachian State for their club hockey team. So heck big, yeah, big shout out to Matt. Hopefully everything goes well with him at App State. Um, definitely should be really interesting to watch uh, over there for uh, those guys. So we got some uh, development roster camp news. So the rosters have been officially announced. Um, Some uh, additional signings. I do this see though real quick for development camp. Did anyone see that Toronto Maple Leafs hit? Oh my God. Dude, that kid got. Holy moly. Like it's development camp. It's a scrimmage, and I don't know who exactly it was. I because I, I barely I think you. I think you shared like it. Reverse like, hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I don't think it was even reverse hit. I think the guy was just like he. It was he got lit off. Like that was a pretty nasty hit. Like that was just insane. So hopefully he's doing okay. I don't know who threw the hit, but Ronnie Hervonen. Yeah, he um, got absolutely rocked, and hopefully he's okay because that looked brutal for a development camp hit. Like I, I understand you want to throw some hits and, and make yourself known to the coaches, but bro, that's a, that's still kind of like a teammate at the end of the day. You really don't want to rock them that bad. I mean, that was that was a that was a brutal hit. Yeah, one of, one of our guys at development looks camp, like it was Dillingham. Ah, uh, one of our guys at development camp this week took a pretty nasty hit to the wall. Um, nothing of like it was just kind of like they collided. Um, right, but thankfully he was okay and he he played in the scrimmage, but. Um, yeah yeah those are the type of hits you really don't want to see in development camp like especially if it's it's like come on it's i know you want to try to get into you know get ready for the season but at the same time it's like still a teammate though don't really want to you know mm-hmm. um, that's where so, i'm kind of bad is it that, that's development camp is not a not a place to hone physicality in my opinion yeah i don't know yeah um so before we actually get into the roster, it was actually big news that Alyssa Gagliardi joins the coaching staff for development camp. And she's actually, I think they even said that she's even going to have some uh, bigger roles during the season too. That'll be uh, extremely exciting. Yep. Yeah. She will be working closely with the uh, defenseman development coach, Pierre Harold, um, Jason Mazzotti, the goalie development coach and uh, assistant coach, Jeff Daniels. So then she's actually part of the NHLCA female coaches development program, um, which will also return to Raleigh to work alongside the Kings coaches at some points during the season too. So um, you'll love to see it. Congratulations to her. Hopefully, you know, the development camp goes well, and then you'll see what she does with the coaches throughout the season. So you'll love to see it. I kind of don't want to um, make you guys upset, but uh... – the Flyers are signing RFA defenseman Cam York to a two-year deal. I'm so upset about that. So upset. Well, no, I don't know. This this kind of like the well, this TDA deal, man. Like something needs to happen. Oh, I hope no. not. I hope. No. I hope We're still saving that for a little bit later, but uh, I'm I'm hoping not. But you know, yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, so the Hurricanes did have two invite in two invites to the um, development camp. It's Cag, you've already gotten in my head about this about this one player. So I'm gonna let you announce him. It's it's Max. <laughs> Say his last name because I'm I'm in my own head. I can't pronounce this. <laughs> Nemestikov. Thank you. Yes, Max Nemestikov <laughs> and Josh Nadu. 
uh, were invited. Uh, <laughs> Nemestikov, cat was in my head. I was going to throw this name off regardless. Um, he's 19, uh, actually played, got 61 points in 65 OHL games last year. And he's also the younger brother of a 10-year NHL vet, uh, Vladislav um, Nemestikov. And then Nadu is the older sibling of this year's first-round pick of Bradley. So Nice. And the crazy part is Josh had, like, I think we talked about what last episode, like Josh also had a, over 100 points with um, Penticton as well. So both Navy brothers combined for over 200 points together last season. So well, let's just see it. What, Sam? Josh, you say. Yes. <laughs> Shut yes. up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so the prospect development camp is going to take place between uh, this upcoming Monday, uh, which is tomorrow. Um, this episode is going to drop Sunday, so hopefully everyone gets it here this before uh, – Development camp starts and then runs through Thursday at Invisalign Arena. Um, it has 20 draft picks, one signed college free agent, and two invites. Um, looking at the roster, we get, you know, Bradley Nadu, Felix Unger Sorum is going to be there, Justin Robida, uh, Alexi Hemosami, Jaden Perron, Jack, uh, Jackson Blake, Scott Morrow, Cruz Lucius, Billy Kuvenin, Charles Alexis Legote. Uh, Joel Nystrom, Simon Forsmark, Bryce Montgomery, Maxim Mexikov, Michael Emerson, Lucas uh, McCurry, Josh Nadu, Dominic Fenzor, Massimo Rizzo. As of right now, <laughs> possibly still with the team. Um, and then Patrick Harmla, Jacob Vondras, uh, Yanev Peretz, and Nikita Klopp. Um, that is the official roster. I think the college free agent, I think the guy they were, they were talking about was uh, Niev. Um, and then I think they also just got Justin, they also picked up Justin Robidaw too and all that stuff. But, Is Mercury not on that list because of the NCAA? Uh, I'm a, I, yeah, he's not on the roster. I think he is because of the NCAA. It's, I was going to say they have other NCAA prospects on there, don't they though? No, the NCAA has rules against them. Going mm-hmm. to depth camp, like if yeah, it's a- the, the the only the only guy is Cruz Lucius from Wisconsin. If it's a first time invite, which he might be, um, actually, the team, uh, the team yeah. can pay up to three days of the dev camp, and then the rest is on the player. If it's a second time, then mm-hmm. it's all on the player. Yeah. So yeah, Yenif Peretz is the free agent from college that the Hurricanes have. Everyone else is the draft outside of. Nemestikov and Nadeau, those are the invites. Everyone else was from a draft either from 21. Uh, yeah, Lucas Mercury is actually from the 20 draft. So he's a, he's a draft pick. Um, yeah, the only free agent would be uh, Peretz from Quinnipiac. Uh, but, yeah, it, the NCAA is really weird on stupid stuff like that. It's Okay. Yeah, so – we have some guys. It's just we only have twenty players. Most of them are, dra- are draft picks, a couple invites, and that one free agent. You know, that goalie we picked up from the one guy who played with us, uh, Skyler. Yep. <sighs> As a Minnesota Gopher, I'm happy that we got the goalie who won the national title. It also sucks that we got the goalie who won the national title against the Minnesota Golden <laughs> Gophers. So that was fun. 
great great you're having a blast over there having such a great time you know it's, it's, it's great it's great that's no, no, no big deal um talk about prospects so brian bader on twitter um he did like a whole like post draft you know prospects list of like who like what organizations have the best prospect list and all that stuff the hurricanes actually came up 11th on his uh list so the top five skaters are Moro, Drury, Nikisha, Nadu, and uh, Trikazov. Which, who knows how long Moro is going to be here for? Or not Moro. I know Rizzo. Sorry, but Moro has been really good. Drury, who knows? Because because his name keeps popping up. Everyone's ready for Nikisha, and I know Matt Soma is really glad he doesn't have to talk about <laughs> Nikisha since mm. now he work now since now he works. Um, uh, as a scout in the BCHL, um, getting Nadu, I think that was a, that was a great great move for sure. And then he does talk about Byron does talk about the goaltending situation too, with the fact that with Kochekov and then you know getting a couple of the goalies we got in the draft as well. So eleventh isn't bad for the Hurricanes, you know, all things considered. Mm-hmm. So no, not bad at all, especially given the window that may potentially be closing uh, for the Canes that uh, with all the UFA signings that we have coming up this upcoming year. Oh um, gosh. Yeah. I forget. Yeah, Cause I think what, after this season, I think we have like five guys signed past this season. So um, that's going to be fun. <laughs> hopefully those prospects can kind of help keep that window open for us a little bit longer. Um, as well as the number we have every single one of our 2024 draft picks, I'm um, including Philly's second round pick. Um, Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. Yeah. So um, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, that, is, that is courtesy of Chuck Fletcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, of the certain guy who supposedly might be coming back for those actual draft picks. So. Jeez. So yeah, I'm. I I like that. I don't. I don't mind being 11th. 11th is not 32nd. Um. Well, I know Sammy has to be happy because her team's top five. Yep. I mean. Yeah, she's got I mean, some awesome I mean, guys to no, I mean, and not, not to toot our own horn here, but um, the, the kids that played last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I'm off track. <laughs> the kids that played last year. Thank God you they, didn't notice mine. <laughs> they, they showed tremendous amount of talent. And I, I mean – yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, well, I mean, Lehigh. I mean, at one point, Lehigh Valley was like a lot of people were like, "Oh, they're not even going to make the playoffs because they were so far, so far down in that really stacked like division with Charlotte and all of them." And it's like, surprise. <laughs> it, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the person that sits there and reports, I was kind of like stressing out the last few weeks. I was like, guys, now is not the time to go on a five game losing streak. And what did they do? five game losing streak i'm like guys <laughs> what are you doing but oh god yeah so that's kind of the development camp if anyone's able to go to the visaline have fun um should be interesting to see how that goes out it's just for four days but i know it's a little bit different compared to last year Bailey. because i don't mean you talked about when we had walt ruff on the show mm-hmm. where it was like we were playing other teams and we we saw like guys like coglin and chatfield just start absolutely lighting it up and you're like interesting yeah this is very interesting and then preseason it's, it's, regular. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting not having that uh, showcase um, here this year. So we just had those is, four days of dev camp, which is okay. Which is kind of a good thing because I think what game was it too? Where like I think was it Tampa or someone where like one of our guys got absolutely like, tackled from behind on a on a dead play. Like that was. It's Tampa. I didn't expect anything less. Also very true. Um, so one last thing before we run into, well, actually one of two last things before we run into everyone's questions. Uh, Kane Statbrand, always amazing. Always got to shout them out when they get some, dropping some really good uh, nugs of information. Mm-hmm. Um, most games played by defensemen in the Hurricanes slash Whalers history. Glenn Wesley, 972. I mean, no one's really shocked. He's in the rafters for a reason. Won a Stanley Cup, obviously. Yep. Uh, the guy who's in second place, I think a lot of people know this name. Uh, Jacob Slavin, 644. I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the day. I think I'm going to put it out there. I think Jacob Slavin's going to hit 1,000 games with the Canes. He's at 644, but I think he can do it. We just need to never let that man go. Yeah, or there's going to be two hosts on this podcast that are going to riot that he's no longer a hurricane. Hey, you have a third. He may he may not how be many, my guy, but... How many how many games has uh, Pesci played? I'm, yeah. I'm going to get I'm, yeah, I'm gonna get there. Uh, Adam Burt, 626. <laughs> Brett Pesci, 612. So he's not too far behind. So he's fourth? Fourth. Yep. He's, and he's third... He's thir- he's Change, 30. Don't so guy. many of y'all wanted to turn your back on number four. Ugh. He's he and he's only thirty-two games behind Jacob Slavin. Because they, they <laughs> go ahead, Kat. They go ahead. <laughs> single. I've said so much. I don't have much more I could say after last podcast. But oh, they, two, oh two, wait, two, two and a half hours wasn't enough. <laughs> those two pulled this defense from the ashes. And got and helped put it what it is today. Like I know you're gonna say the defensive coach, Rod, all of this stuff. Those two played consistently through the bad years. They were a shining point in the bad years. Mm-hmm. Into this, they deserved all the credit and being able to get this team and actually see them achieve what they've been looking for. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and I yeah. don't, mm, mm, don't come at me with your off. Don't come at just don't come at me with the damn offensive stats. It just I, I tweeted I tweeted this out was it yesterday or two days ago? Two days ago. Because because I was actually talking about it was I tweeted it was based off a conversation about uh, the Swamp Rabbits picking up um, Ben Freeman, and someone was like, oh, "His plus minus is trash. Plus minus is not a stat we need to worry about in terms of players are good or not." Stop with that! Stop with that being the main stat. That is a subjective stat, <laughs> except it's, when it applies to Tony D'Angelo. Because I agree with it there. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam, you, you got you got, you got anything to say about that one? <laughs> <laughs> you guys can have him back. <laughs> no, there's no. There's no no, I, t- no, t- there's no taxi backsies. It's been one full other. year. <laughs> We're uh, not going to be Indian giver with this deal. Sorry, you can keep him. <laughs> but no, but my, thing, but my thing is, it's like plus minus needs to stop being a stat. It's I forget who says this. I think 
was that oh, was it Annie that's was it Annie OD that says this or is someone that who always brings this up wins for a goalie stat is irrelevant. It's almost like plus minus being an irrelevant stat for defenseman because I because for me plus minus is a is a context stat to time on ice. And we we really gotta stop acting like plus minus is like the end all be all for to prove if a guy's good or not. Right. I'm sorry. It like everyone well, talks about uh, everyone's talking about Jordan Stahl. Oh, he's a put up points. It's the other things that aren't showing up on the score sheet that matters most. Like defensive well, zone draws, so, shutting other guys down. It's like, can we just stop acting like certain stats? That's my thing are is that we talk about at. we talk about if we're bringing in if we bring in Tony, if we bring in EK, like if we bring in these, I'm like, you you will see defensive breakdowns. You will see these breakaways, all of this stuff. And they're like, well, I've already been seeing that a lot this year. Okay. First of all, our shots against goals allowed contradicts that, but fine. Uh, yeah, fine. even though they were the even though they were the best and also the best in the league. Fine. The stats literally contradict what you're saying there but also you're you talk about the breakdowns that Shea and Pesci had okay this has been Pesci's first off season in a very long time so you're saying oh he's getting older he's he's losing his edge he's going to this was his first off season in a long time Shea had an off season had off seasons before and he is now he has grown Pesci can also have have one step back here. And it wasn't even a terrible season. He just had some more mis- – the only reason you notice his mistakes more was because he's so top of the, his game. Just like when Slavin – when something happens and you're like, whoa, what's up with Slavin? It's because he's doing – he commits a mistake that other guys commit all the time. But it's so unusual for Slavo that you're like, wow, something's off with him. So mm. – do not compare the mistakes of Pesci and Shea, who, first of all, are on the ice more, even more than Slavo and Burns. They are on the ice nonstop. There's going to be breakdowns for them, whether it's they can't get off the ice fast enough because they're getting stuck back there, or they're having to cover for the forwards at certain moments. They're the pairing that has been on the ice the most. It's yeah. going to happen. So, yeah, like, don't – I don't – When you're on the ice more, you're going to have more chances for something to go wrong. But I can also, for as many times as you say, look at these breakdowns that they've had, I can show you all the breakdowns that EK and Tony have had all the time. And then I will tell you, they'll have even more if they're on the hurricane. Like, you're trading trading shots on goal for for defense. That's what you're doing. And I personally, I don't agree with that because I think, and you, you can say, well, no. the forwards can help with defense because that's their job as well. That's their job is also to score. I would prefer to have my forwards go up there and score. And you don't always have to rely. And well, well, defense. the thing, well, the, and the thing is like, the, like the hurricanes had the most goals for defensemen last year, which a, it's a good thing, but also B that's also might be a bad thing too, because you can't really rely on your defense to score goals. And like you, us trading defense for shots on goal is not the issue. The Hurricanes can put sh- – how many games have we seen last year where it's like, oh, the Hurricanes put up like 50-something shots. How many goals? Two, and they lose a game. Like, mm-hmm. we don't need more shots on goal. But So running through the defense uh, list real quick, uh, just to round it out, Nicholas Foley, 586. Everyone's favorite, Justin Falk at 574, and I say that sarcastically. 
uh, <laughs> for certain people, and then Tim Gleason, 546. Okay. Yeah. So those are all the defensemen that. All right. So, oh my goodness. Well, I mean, we brought it up a couple times. We might as well talk about it now. Uh, one of the, not the main reason, but one of the reasons why we wanted to bring Sam on to talk with us today because, um, Oh boy. So there has been a Why are you dancing there. around the issue? There's not even an issue because nothing has happened. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing has happened yet, but it's already starting with the online interactions. Yep. So supposedly we had to wait till today, or more so this morning, of Tony D'Angelo possibly coming back to the Flyers. To the these, Flyers. All right. Yeah, he's going Rump, back to the Flyers. He's coming back there. He's staying there. Good, Sorry. good job. Sorry. From Zach just flyers. predicted the future. You're welcome, everyone. From the Flyers. <laughs> I meant to say from the Flyers. Like I said, my brain hasn't been working today. Um, from the Flyers. Um, it's like it, So right now, supposedly, it's half retained from the Flyers. And it's supposed to be Massimo Rizzo going back, and that's the trade. Of course, nothing's been official yet from any of the league sources. We don't know I, know you, I, keep, I know you don't like that. I'm sorry. I would rather give that up than one of our other our roster players. Well, it, well, it was well. Well, they're talking about it was supposed to be a mid tier prospect, but my thing is a Rizzo isn't a, isn't a mid tier prospect. Like he's actually pretty good. Like yeah, for a he, for a seventh rounder. He's really good, and like I've seen a lot of like people going like, "That's it, that's the trade." Like, is Rizzo even good? It's like, tell me you have not watched this kid. Those are the doesn't... same. No, no, no. Those are the same people that are saying Pesci is a cap dump. Whatever team he goes, so like. No. Oh now, oh now, oh that's because that's that's what the Predators fans are saying. Yeah, mm, okay. You miss me with that. What do you? What were you gonna say? Miss Kim? me with that. You ruined your time with Nino. You don't get Pesci. <laughs> you you're spoiling it. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Um, no, Rizzo is a very, very good player. His skating most definitely needs work. And if he needs a skating coach, he needs to call Tyson Forrester and ask for his skating coach's name because you guys have seen Tyson Forrester play. Um, 100%, I, I can attest to this. Yeah. Forrester's gotten really good at skating all of a sudden. You're like, like his the very first season he played with Lehigh was the um, shortened COVID season and his skating was absolute. Uh, Tyson Forrester, love you, buddy, but it was hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tyson Forrester listens to a Hurricanes podcast. Off you never know. <laughs> you never know. So uh, I don't know. Um, I I'm choosing to believe. I have not heard anything from one of my three kind of go to NHL insiders and Elliot Friedman. Yeah, Chris, Chris Johnson, Johnson or yeah. uh, Pierre Lebrun, um, unless one of them starts to come out with some whisperings, I'm choosing to believe that this deal is not happening. Yeah, because because none because I've checked their all three of their accounts the last few days. No one, none of them have said this has been a thing, even though it's been going around that this deal is supposed to wait until today because of, it's, it's been one year, but. Yeah. I think two go two go two weeks ago when everything was like happening and Danny was trying to make these deals, you know, like with the Hayes mm. thing, and yeah. like somebody on Twitter from the Canes fan base was like, "Oh, this can't happen if the Hayes deal." It's two completely separate deals. Shut up. Um, yeah. <laughs> whoa, 
And that's what I tried to say. And they're like, no, it has to happen this way. I was like. But it doesn't, though. It's two separate deals. Um, yeah. So. <sighs> I think things quieted down because the Kevin Hayes deal kind of fell through. And I think like LeBron and, and Johnson and, you know, all the insiders that we go to, they don't. I think they're learning to not say anything before stuff happens. Well, and, and going from what you're saying with that, the whole Tarasenko thing is, and like, I know everyone was like, well, they said it, they shouldn't, they shouldn't say anything if it's just speculation. No, that's literally their job. Their job is anytime they hear any sort of news, they're supposed to come out and say this. Also, all the speculation we heard about Tarasenko was, hearing that he's signing with the canes it looks like he's signing with the canes things like that they never said it's confirmed and it's never until you honestly until even from those until it says like on nhl news or if it's coming from the actual team's twitter account or social media you're not it's not confirmed confirmed because both of those sources have to have it absolutely accurate before they're going to post anything about it right so so don't go at don't go at them for any of those sources for being like, oh, they said this, but they didn't really know they shouldn't do that. Like that's literally their job is when there's speculation, they're supposed to be letting you know what the speculation is. Mm-hmm. Unless, and, you're, unless you're Frank Salvera and Pagnetta, then you kind of want to pump the brakes a little bit. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's an AHL reporter that like, God love him. I learned a lot from him, but don't, Jamie always taught me and I'm going to give my editor credit. If you know news, don't put it out there until it's official. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sitting here. I know, I know a lot that's going on within the fly, not, not flyers, but like the ECHL and, and Allentown or Lehigh Valley. Call it Allentown. It, it, I know a lot that's going on right now. But you can't say anything because I can't say anything because it's not official. If it's not on Elite Prospects, I'm not putting it out there. Right, exactly. Well, and then like even with what I do with Greenville, like not can't say anything. And even if I wasn't no, I I still can't say anything about that either because that's not my place to say it as someone who's outside like, source as like, an outside thing for the team. I'll get texts. Um saying hey you know we've re-signed this player or we're signing this player just so you can have an article ready to go but we're we're releasing it at this time okay fine i won't say jack anything to anybody Mm -hmm. yeah but but at least least your article will be ready to go like the minute it drops boom here's an article now because people aren't going to be waiting two hours for you to write it and then get it edited it's already done it's just you're waiting for the official announcement to drop. So that, yeah, that's just I, hockey journalism one on one. Yeah, and I'm just saying, I'm just saying, don't blame reporters like uh, or who is the oh. girl that who tweeted? Oh, um, oh, uh, yeah, her. I know it's Shia on Twitter. But I forget her. Yeah, uh, Shia, I, she, yeah, because yeah, she's so, with the odd uh, man. Uh, I used to work too. Yeah, to so everyone was like, she shouldn't put that out there. She's not for sure. Whatever. It sounded like it was. It sounded for sure because no, no. There were others. There were other people that said this is what it looks like, and from what it sounds like now, it sounds like there had been a deal. Tarasenko's Mm -hmm. agent had talked with multiple teams. They had made the deal. They were looked like they were going with the Canes, and Tarasenko then fired his agent and just started all over. 
That's yeah. not their fault for no, going it's, with it's the information not. that it's, they had. And uh, then the, the, the league even the, the player league even knew. the player changed the game. Like it that's not there on them. So don't be like, well, she said I've seen multiple other first of all, it shouldn't attack just her because I've seen other sources also do things like that where they say whatever, like, oh, it looks like this is happening, da 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 da. And then it doesn't happen because something happens with the players or with the representation, all of that. So what she yeah. said at the time was not incorrect. It also wasn't incorrect for Adam Gold to be like, I'm not hearing anything about this. So on my sources, it doesn't sound like, and it's true. The deal wasn't done. There was just things circulating about it. And well, for yeah. not just Canes fans alone, but fans in general, like everyone is waiting to be like, I want to hear something from my team. My team's not doing anything. I want to hear something. Don't blame mm-hmm. the reporters for when they when you hear a little something and run with it and think it's a guarantee and then it's not then the blame them that you got your own hopes up like you have to you're in charge of that yeah <laughs> like yes we all want we want different players signing we want to hear this news we want do something do whatever but then when they give you a little bit of the news and if it's not fully correct at the time or they can only give you what they have don't be upset that you got your own hopes up yeah. <laughs> Also, I'm not, I mean, I like, I wanted Tarasenko seemed like a great, that seemed great to me. But honestly, if, if this is now a player that wants to be with the Rangers, but can't be with the Rangers and is wanting, and it's just kind of being an issue to get on a team. I don't know if I want that. Well, the big, the big thing for him, the big thing for him, I, I heard speculation was just the deal that was being made and no team was going to offer him more than 6 million. Um, which is what he wanted. Um, so that's kind of what led, or at least this is what I've heard that, or what kind of led to him firing his agent is because he didn't think his agent was capable of getting him what he thought he was worth and where he thought he was worth with. Um, so yeah. that's kind of what led to that. And that I, I don't think any team is going to be one stupid enough to give that kind of deal to a guy like Tarasenko who's kind of getting up there in age. Um, he's not in his prime any longer. No offense. I mean, he's yeah, still a he, fantastic he, player, but he's not, he's, he's not that he's not that guy who's done, who's netting 30 goals a season. Right. I think, I think with what he's done though, he's burned a few bridges because I think there are lots of teams in on it. And now that he's wanting more than that, they're willing to offer and they had some talks and now, and then he just went clean slate and was like, nope, we're going to do it. I think some teams are like, I don't know if it's Well, you got to also think, too, a lot of teams are in the same position we are, and that they've already made all their big signings. They don't have $6 million to throw around to a guy who, sorry, not sorry, doesn't deserve that kind of deal. Yeah, so. it's, yeah, and so circling back to the whole TA, TDA thing, so um, Daniel Wagner put this up perfectly. Um, at like 15 ninjas, great guy. Um, thinking about, if you're listening, Dan, we're thinking about you, man. You know, just hope everything's okay. Um, we love you, buddy. Yeah, you know, just want to shout you out. Appreciate everything you've done and all that stuff, and just being a great guy to meet up and stuff like that and talk to on Twitter. But he put this perfectly about this trade. Um, if the trade for D'Angelo happens today, I would like people not to let their dislike or even hatred of TA poison their love for the Canes. Hunt the good stuff in life and acknowledge the bad, but please don't let it rob you of your joy. He said it perfectly, and that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with it. Because I've had I've sent some tweets out the last couple of days. Nothing 
about T.A. as a person or anything like that or his political views because politics and sports are should be whatever. For me, it's not it's not about him as the person. That's a whole different thing. For me, it's like you don't – for a defense that's already on paper top three, I don't see why bringing him in makes this defense any better. Like you got Burns who just set the record for most points for a defenseman. You just brought in Dmitry Orlov who can give you defense but also has good upside on offense as well. And you still got Chaffield who's been playing really well. He played really well last year for his four, first full season with the Canes. As of right now, Pesci and Shea are still with the team. And you got Slavin. Mm-hmm. And you got Coughlin. And like, I don't – like, the, the the for me, the offense needs more help. I don't know why we're going so div- – I don't know why we're going so heavy on the defense. And well, some essentially because we hurt- still have holes up at the on the offensive line. Like, it looks right. like we're overflowing on defense and you have more holes on offense. Well, and the thing is, and they're, and they're still on the – Eric. they're still on Carlson. And I'm like, I don't know how we're still on Carlson. We just brought Orlov and Michael Bunting in, and we don't have the caps. But even if the Sharks retain half, that's still like five point seven five million for the next what three to like two or three seasons. So it's like you're gonna have to dunk cap somewhere, and you can't like you're gonna add another guy to the defense. Okay, well then who else on the defense is leaving? So, so for all the people who are coming at me like, oh, go root for another team. Oh, you don't like you don't like TA as a person and blah blah blah. Like you're worse than him. I didn't see anything about TA as a person. Mm-mm. I should like this yeah. move because it's not a move that makes sense for the Hurricanes, and that's what I've said. And some people are like, "Well, don't you trust the off- front office?" I trust the offense, uh, the front office. I trust the front office. Fine, they've done good moves. And RB Kaniak put it out here perfectly. There's like, there's like a three different. Oh, things I was, said. I was gonna, uh, yeah, yeah, I got read, it. Yeah, read uh, off, so he said, so yeah, so a lot of the thing is when you disagree with this move, a lot of people are like, well, do you not trust, do you not trust Rod, do you not trust Tulsi, do you not trust Dundon, all of this stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's okay to trust and also be upset about specific actions. Also for all the people, that was one of his points. Also to add on to that, for all the people that are saying, you guys need to stop being so attached to players, just get on, you want to win, it's the game, that's the point of it. That's fine. If all you care about is winning, the team winning, go with it. Don't come at people if they're upset that players that they have grown up watching and players they enjoy, players that are talented, players that literally make the team what it is because they've been with it for so many seasons and that's who they've become attached to. Everyone has a favorite player. Like you can't, you can't lie. So when you have a favorite team and a favorite player on that team, it's going to happen. So when they, when there's rumors about them being moved or traded or leaving, tiring whatever people are going to feel a certain way that's why it's connected that's why the team says it you mean so much to us because you come out to support us that's a part of the team that's a part of you it's a part of the fans so having connections and being upset when players are leaving or coming it's gonna happen so like don't judge people by being like you're so emotional about it that's the point of sports (laughs) you get emotional about it win lose what happens to players injuries they have they get married. They have kids. It's like you're part of the family. It's your sports family. But anyway, and Brian and Brian, said, and Brian Pesci just being a, an amazing human being. Like, yeah, can, he also, can... his his point number two was uh, it didn't work. So talking about the first trade with Tony D'Angelo, it didn't work out all that well. Plenty of us remember the meltdowns and defensive breakdowns in playoffs from the first Which, time that Tony was on the team. And then three is. Of. 
which Zach was talking about, is at least half of what people dislike about this move is what it did to the community last time. And that's a big that's a big one. So for us, I think I can speak for Zach and for Bailey. Our first our first initial problem is defense. We all love defense a whole bunch, and to think that we're downgrading on defense, and we are. I, I don't care if someone was telling me I didn't word it correctly. No, it's a it's a downgrade. And I I'm not in charge of the team. It's not it's not like I don't trust the front office and the coach and all of that. I personally think it's a downgrade on defense. Statistically, it is. It's like, 100% like, a downgrade. Like, 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 I, Andrew, like Andrew from Short Shift, who covers the Bruins, he even says it's a massive downgrade and it's a trash move. Not because of D'Angelo as a person. It's just he's not good at defense. Yeah. So that's, that's our first issue is we value defense. Orlov coming in, he's great because he can do both. I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about who his pairing is because it's going to – it's. It, depending on who goes to cut, like you might have someone on their offhand, and that's that's just a different issue. But that's something you can come to down the road. D'Angelo is going; he he makes his partner have to cover for him a lot. There's a lot for Slavin. Slavin does it for Burns just as much. Like that's who Slavin. You there's always been whoever the partner with Slavin has been. That is why Pesci and Slavin had to be broken up because Slavin had to cover for whoever they put with him. He had to cover for Falk. He had to cover for Hamilton. He had to cover for Tony D'Angelo. He had to cover for Burns. Each of the guys do something a little different. Tony is, is it's a, of all of them, probably the, the most defensive liability. Love Chatty. Chatty is great. Chatty is not slaving. To Mm-mm. put that expectation, someone else, someone else put it in a great way. Is they said, oh, great. I would love to have to come to work, and my job is to cover up from the other guy not doing his job. You're telling me my job is not only my job on top of having to cover for the other guy not doing his job correctly. Like well, here's, that's, the, here's the problem, too. If nobody they, would want to do that. <laughs> if, if, if they keep Pesci, that means you're going to throw Chatty on his offhand and cover for D'Angelo at the same yeah, time. Yeah, someone would be on the, their offhand. Someone would be on their offhand. So I know I didn't say I was going to go along about this because I said a lot about it last time. But defensively, Bailey talked about it last pod. A lot of it is about it just doesn't make sense stat-wise. All of that, it's just a liability. The last point is also where it really hits home. It's just us expressing what we don't like about the defensive stat-wise. Is Zach has now said it. I have also said you get attacked just saying you don't agree with his move being on the team. And it has none of our takes have been about – him as a person or political, anything like that. And then we get attacked for it, even when our takes aren't about that, which is what he means by we dislike what the move has done to the community. Because even when you're talking something rationally, talking about stats, talking about how a player plays on the ice, you're getting attacked for just because you mentioned Tony's name. And it's, and it's not even official either. Like it's not even officially done and it's already happening. And like, I'm not coming here to, to go in a soapbox or complain or stuff like that, but it's, it's just at the same time, it's like you shouldn't have to tiptoe around talking about someone on the team. Even if like, and someone put it perfectly, it's like, we can, we can be critical, but like, we don't have to be like, we're not being disrespectful about it. Mm-mm. And it's like, we're not, it's just the fact that even just mentioning it, it already turns into you're going to get attacked. And that shouldn't be the case. Like we we already had to deal with that for one season, and doing it in the second season, it's just not because we all we all see it on socials. And, and you get like, it, well, and you get like, it both like, sides. You get yeah. it both sides. Like I've had I've had people say, 
uh, people just don't like him because of political affiliation. You guys need to look at his stats. And I'm like, I did look at his stats. That's what I don't like. <laughs> what are you? Yeah. Then you <laughs> that's what I don't like. That's literally what my whole post was. And then I have some people that chime in and they're like, yeah. And they're like, I'm not a big fan of him. But just to see that how much it riles other people up and gets them mad, wants me to bring him in even more. I don't support that either. I like the Canes fans as I have made friends through this podcast with how I made friends with my podcast host is just our love for this team and being able to discuss it. Mm-hmm. And in general, just, it's such an opening, like art, look at our tailgates, look at what we did for the players with the flag. Like all of that stuff is the good side of the fan base. Mm-hmm. I have not, I, in my time have not seen the fan base get so decide, divisive when Tony gets brought in. And again, yeah. it's not even him. I, I haven't seen like him as a person. That hasn't really been an issue for me recently, but like what he brings in, he just, he brings out a side of people or he brings in certain people that just like to cause chaos and strife. And I don't, I don't agree with that. On top of him not bringing better defense, I'm like, if you're not going to give me better defense and you're also going to bring this, that just sounds awful to me. (laughs) Yeah. They don't, they don't balance each other out. They just weigh weigh it down, in my opinion. Yeah. Still trust still trust the front office. I know they'll do whatever they need to do. We all like to be coach GM or couch GMs or whatever. And that's my take on it. And I know my co-hosts are similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and that that's just that's just how it is for me. So it is what Zach's it is. I mean distracted now. <laughs> no, I'll start. But Sam, I'm like, what are your what are your thoughts overall? Just so I mean, I know you're, you're, on the, you're on the opposite side of things. How did how did you like him in Philly? <laughs> as a player, yeah. Um, as a person, he was fine. Um, but like all the points you just said, he's a defensive liability, and I think with Danny Breer having to do what he does, he has to do what's best for his team and his organization. And if that means trying to offload a player that's going to be a defensive liability. And so be it. I mean, I feel bad for any team that's going to get him, but at the same time, he has to worry about his team and his players and his organization. He's not going to care about what Carolina or Rangers or Colorado, like he's not going to care what other teams or fan bases feel like he has to do do what is best for his team and his organization. I mean, I mean, and I mean, you can't blame Danny Brer for doing his job. And if it's the, if the hurricanes called him and talked about it, then yeah, he can take that call and be like, Oh, I can get rid of this $5 million (laughs) contract. And yeah, we might have to retain, but so be it. You you can't blame Danny Brer for doing his job. And like I said, like I said, stick taps to him, man. He's, he's been on fire for the flyers recently, just in his first full off season. Yeah. Just the, like the, he killed it at the draft, honestly. Too, and then, and free, and, know, and the free agency and the trades. It's he's making he's making things work, and it's one of those things where okay, it may, I mean, for you, the situation, can't blame him for the situation that happened yesterday with Ivan Fedotov and the whole CSK contract yeah. and everything. For him to turn around and be like, "Oh, oh, so you're technically going to harbor one of my players? You know what? I'm signing one of yours." to an ELC and that's exactly what he did and that that takes guts and that's something that two previous GMs would not have done. Yeah and and that's why I think probably the best thing the Flyers have done all year is make Danny Breer their actual GM. So there you go. 
All right, so we are going to jump into some questions. Uh, we got a couple. Uh, we kind of talked about some, so we're going to we're going to try our best to you know the ones we have kind of talked about, make them really quick. We'll go do some other ones as well. Um, we want to get these in before we head out of here. Um, so thank you to everyone who did send in your questions. The first one we have is actually from friend of the pod, uh, Joel James, which we do need to get back on the podcast soon, for sure. October. Yep, October, and then <laughs> hopefully cross our fingers he comes out and we all can hang out in February for the Avs Canes game. That'll be awesome. That's gonna be that's gonna be great. I'm excited for that. I already got, I already got that day circled on my calendar to go up there because I'm off on Thursdays and Fridays, so it works. Already all but confirmed. My tickets are already covered and taken care of. So there we go. There we go. Um, so Joel asks, why go away from a proven defensive chemistry when everyone is convinced the Canes needed a superstar signing to put them over the top? I mean, I don't, I don't know why people are so hemmed up on going for shoot because everyone talks about all oh, the Hurricanes don't have superstars. They need superstars. They need this. They need that. I think no, we've all but proven under the we, right circumstances, under the right coaching staff, that's actually not true. Yeah, I, I just, oh, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, no. I, when you, when you got the right people, uh coaching and developing your team um, and the prospects underneath it. Um, Superstars in the grand scheme of things don't meet in jack squat. I mean, we talked a little bit on the free agency show about um, or touching on how some bigger names may not be as big if they weren't paired up with certain players. The first kind of pairing that came to mind for me was Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. Um, They're on different lines for a reason. Or, but they used to play on the well, same yeah, line. They, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, but that that looking at that is Leon Dreisaitl. I don't think is as great as everybody makes him out to be when he's not uh, on a line with Connor McDavid. He may not be that superstar in everybody's eyes, and that's okay. You can still be a good player and not be that superstar caliber that everybody looks at. That's not oh, but super everyone, important. Everyone, everyone keeps saying Sebastian Ajo isn't a superstar, but it's like, but he he's is? a superstar in our hearts. Well, um, it's because it's Carolina, and no one wants, no one wants to regard us as a team with a superstar because it's Carolina. But so going, but going into superstars, you know this the. JJ's question runs into this next question from Richard Hawks. Uh, if the EK trade does go through and Pesci is traded as rumored, what about Shea? First of all, Pesci, I hope Pesci doesn't get traded. Um, then it's like theoretically you would have TDA and Shaffield as the third line demon. Would Shea likely be traded also, or would he accept a diminished role and rotate in and out of the lineup? My thing is like, where would you even put Carlson? Because if that's the case, you're going to have Slavin Burns, are you going to move Orloff to his offside or or Carlson? And the thing is, Orloff and Carlson would be uh, the defensive pairing that would make zero sense, in my opinion. And then you, it's not like you can move down Orloff to fit Carlson on the second pair because you don't give a guy over $7 million to play as your third pair. No. And the, with the thing with Shea, it's just if Carlson comes in, there's got to be at least two other guys leaving that, that decor. And mm-hmm. in the in the in the TDA trade, like getting TDA doesn't make this any easier. Like that's why I'm saying, like all these moves and all these rumors to bolster a defense that didn't need bolstering. Mm-hmm. Like they led the they led the league last year in goals for a defenseman. They're already top three, and they're right as the roster is right now. I'm seeing a lot of people saying that this is a top two, top one roster on defense. 
Like, like why, why bringing in Carlson would make this any better? We don't need more offensive weapons on defense. We already got that. Right. Like, why, why are we, why are we sacrificing defense for goals from the blue line? Like, that's not the hurricane system. We're not, we're not known for, we're not, we're not supposed to rely on our defense to play defense and score at the same time. That's what your forward lines are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I, why I'm so confused. Like, why is this a thing? Yep. I wish I knew. I, I hope Pesci's not gone. I, I hope. Cause honestly, in the, in the grand scheme of things too, cause Carlson's not gonna, it, it, like if we keep Pesci, Carlson doesn't fit. Um, it honestly makes more sense to trade away Shea for that kind of deal because you've already got Orlov in that left-handed defenseman role or left defenseman role while Pesci continues to stay on the right. It just it, that it doesn't make sense to me. The, the only the only way the trade would make sense for the Sharks to retain half is if you would have to almost send Shea back to San Jose because their because their cap it is almost dang near similar. Yep. Like you're ta- you're talking about a few you're talking about a few thousand difference between Shea and half of what Carlson is. Yep. It's like that's the, like that's the only defensive contract that would make sense. You would have to almost you're almost swapping cap hits, mm-hmm. and then the Hurricanes would have to send in like a, like draft picks and prospects. Yep. And that then the only thing the Hurricanes are going to get is a is a half half of a contract for Carlson. Yep. Like that's that that's the only thing that would make sense is that it's it's not Pesci going, it would have to be Shea, and then a, an A or B tier prospect and some draft picks. Yep, that's that's the only trade that would make sense, and I don't know. And like I said, even if you do get Carlson, where are you going to put Orlov? You can't put him on the third pair. Mm-mm. You you surely ain't going to put Carlson on the third pair. That would make no sense. Zero. So then what? And then what? You're not going to move Slavin down. I don't see trading away. I I just don't see giving away your second pair defenseman that plays so well and so well together. And then you haven't yet like truly touched your offense enough, but yeah. I mean, even, even with the Kings bringing, well, even with the Kings bringing Orlov in, you're still going to have to move Shea down because Orlov isn't a guy you put in your third pair. So your second pair is already going to get broken up. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, 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 Next it question. Uh, <laughs> uh, we did have a couple other ones. They were more of like they were more of the funnier, funnier side of one. So we'll actually save those for the next show. Um, so Alex and Howie and guys over there from um, oh shoot, Duck Boys. Um, we will do your we'll do your questions, but they'll be for next show just because of the fact that uh, we want to get this last one in. Um, more we're also a little short on time sorry yeah mm-hmm. uh this one this one does involve a, tr- a possible trade but like it's all your guys are good ones it's just like i said we'll save them for for next pod um from brett martinez if elias lindholm is not available for trade when who <gasps> for trade then who is a realistic target for the uh, second line center i feel the kings are upgrading defensemen and on the wing because that's where there is opportunity to upgrade Maybe just around KK with better pieces because no one else available to upgrade. I that has something to say. <laughs> I I know we're all about finding the center. I personally do not think as much as everyone hate love 
loves to rag on him. KK is the center for Svetch and Natchez was great. He oh, did. We great. called it the confidence line. For they did reason. great. And then they kept, but when they would get mixed up or then Svetch got hurt, then we started seeing some decline. I don't understand why people are still ragging on KK. He did well as a center. You're ragging on him for the same thing you're ragging on Jordan Stahl is that he they are not producing the goals themselves, but they are setting up their wingers to succeed. Natchez did so well this year on the side of KK. Yep. They did Svetch did great with KK as his center. They did give them a chance to be back together. I don't understand why you want to replace that. I ugh. <laughs> and on the and the same thing we're talking about for guys on the defense, like where are you gonna slide KK? You're gonna put him back to the fourth line? Why? That doesn't make any sense. Like he played fine as a second line center when when the whole lot when it was him, Nietzsche, and Sveshnikov, that line was absolutely a terror for teams. So like and then people are like, well, well, just move Jordan Stall, then move that whole third line down to the fourth and move the fourth to the third. No, because that still doesn't make sense either. Why would you want to move Jordan Stahl and Faust and Martinuk down to the fourth line? Right. The third line is the third line for a reason. The fourth line isn't as – like, yeah, there's no lines in Carolina because we, we roll with all four of our lines, but at the same time, it's like it's just – KK's our second-line center. He's going to be that. I don't – like, he played fine last year. I don't know why people are so gung-ho about moving him down because right. they think, oh, we can get a, a better second-line center. And for me, it's like, I don't know. Any maybe, other... And maybe you could if you stop looking at all the defensemen. Maybe <laughs> maybe go spend the money there. Right. But I don't think you're going to get both. I, I just – I don't see a second-line center being being the thing that's going to help. Like, we, the team is – like, we got the wingers we needed. We got the centers. I just don't – Maybe, get maybe we get Car- maybe we get Carlson we put him at center. <laughs> I mean, oh. that's the amount of defense I've seen him play, so why not? <laughs> I mean, oh he, you want him to score, go ahead and just put him on offense. Why not? Mm-hmm. Also, people are saying Nate put Nature's at center. Nature's at center. We haven't seen he ha- we haven't seen him do it. He plays great as wing with KK. Why 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 do you need to change that? <laughs> I mean, he I mean I've seen him play a couple times at center for the Canes, but that's when like certain guys were out or if it's like a certain situation, but it's like he hasn't played center. In a, I, I know that's his natural position, but it's like he hasn't played that for the Canes very much. So I don't know. It is what it is. It's very interesting. I don't know what's going to happen with that. But thank you to everyone who did send us some questions. Like I said, to the guys from Duck Boys, we will make sure to get to your questions next episode. Just, we ran into a lot, you know, ran short on time. Had to talk a lot about a few extra things and stuff like that. But um, thank you to everyone who sent in their questions. Sam, thank you for joining us. I know it was very last minute. Like, hey, do you want to come on the pod? <laughs> so we Thanks do for joining us, back. friend. I woke up from a nap and I saw that. So <laughs> Perfect timing. It's a good thing we were already delayed. So it kind of worked out perfectly. We didn't start exactly at 1 o'clock. But, Sam, it's like I said, it's always good to have you. So we've had you for season 1, season 2, and now for season 3. It's kind of, you know. And it's always early in the season too. It's always like what season? It's like an episode four or five in season mm-hmm. one, episode eight in season two, not episode two in season three. I mean, some of us are having you, and we need to get Flyers game. You're coming back. I hope you know you don't have a choice. 
Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, I now cover Pittsburgh too. So there we go. There we go. But before, you know, we all have to say our goodbyes and stuff, Sam, where can people find you in your photography, your writing, and your writing and your writing and also your writing on this <laughs> and all that stuff? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Samantha Wismer and also at FPH Penguins. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's Penguins, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. so I'll be covering the penguins for field pass hockey. Um, the baby pen, the baby pens, the not... baby pens, not, not, not the big guys. Um, thank goodness. And then, Crosby, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Sam Wismer photography 88. Yep. And, fl- and flyers and degree for all that stuff too, for articles yes. and all the good stuff. So yeah. Uh, Kat, where can people find you and the network on the socials? Uh, you're looking for the network. Um, you can find us on Twitter at 5 in a Game SN, YouTube at 5GSN, the number 5, and then GSN, and then TikTok at 5GameSN. Uh, if you're looking for me, um, it hasn't crashed yet. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's KDNACCHICK, and then if you're looking on TikTok, it's KBTHunter74. Bailey, where are the people that find you and the search cast? You can find me on Twitter over at Bailey Curtis, and that is Bailey with two Y's. Um, if you're looking for anywhere on the Surgecast, um, I'll start with the things that I kind of cover. I handle things over on the YouTube side, so if you're watching this, hi, hello. Uh, be sure to hit that uh, big red subscribe button down below. Um, let us know your thoughts on uh, this potential TA trade. Um what you think uh, or uh, what we kind of covered through the bunting or log quotes that were given uh, the prospects development camp, all that good stuff. We'd love to hear your thoughts down below. Um, Be sure to hit that uh, like button um, and be sure to hit that bell notification. I, I, icon so you never miss an episode Jeez, english is hard um if you're looking for the surge cast on all of our other platforms it is just the at the surge cast over on twitter and instagram um we do episode announcements graphics all that good stuff over there and there's a link tree in our bios um over there so you can find out where to listen to the podcast as well as where to follow all of us or all of us hosts over here on the surge cast um if you're looking for uh some maybe non-hurricanes coverage and you still want to support some of the work that i do i cover the uh colorado eagles up in loveland out here in colorado um if you are looking to kind of follow along with my work over there be sure to follow me over at fph eagles on twitter and if you want to follow me on the socials, uh, Twitter is one true Zach. That's only true Zach. It's actually spelled out. It's not the number itself. Instagram side of things, Zach uh, Zach R Martin twenty two. A lot more of the hobby stuff. Uh, got hockey, lacrosse, got D and D, all that good stuff over there. If you want to check that stuff out, um, if you want to check out my stuff on Field Pass Hockey, I'm at FPH Swamp Rabbits on Twitter. Um, covering the Greenville Swamp Rabbits here in South Carolina. And they are part of the LA Kings organization if you want more West Coast coverage and stuff like that. Um, I'm also going to be starting on Three Periods Pod here in the next month or so with Matt Hardy, who covers the Wichita Thunder. Uh, More news on that coming out in the next few weeks. we got some stuff working on behind the scenes. But if you want to look at anything on Field Pass Hockey, fieldpasshockey.com, articles, podcasts, all that good stuff. Three of us on this on this panel right now are part of that network. Great group over there. Um, really excited to see what's to come. Cat, we're um, waiting for you to come over to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, I'm good just living vicariously right now. <laughs> <laughs> but until next week for episode three of season three, I'm Zach. I'm Bailey. I'm Kat. And with our amazing guest, Sam Wismer. <laughs> we will see you here next time at the search Bye. Hopefully with more news.